It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. 5-2 Vancouver, 8.40 to play in the third. Here's Miller twisting and turning in the Sharks' end. Flipped it back, Hughes, the shot, score! Quinn Hughes, a one-time shot, the left point. That puck had eyes on it. And for the Vancouver Canucks, Quinn Hughes ends a 21-game goalless drought and makes it 6-2 Vancouver. It was stuff, you know, turnover, you know, it just can't happen. And and we start to kind of get one bag, but we just kill ourselves, you know, the first because those three goals we just give it to them. It wasn't like they have to do anything special. It was just three key goals and, and after it was two more penalties. And, and it's, how, how's it going for us lately? You know, we just given the goal for my arm mistake, you know, and, and and I just can't start, you know, and one of the guy here and I just, you know, this can happen like that. Yeah, not sure. And uh, Koppel will play tomorrow as far as the lineup goes, not sure yet. All right. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a nice Saturday morning up to this point and we get uh, an early lunchtime showdown between the Sharks and the Flames. And obviously this will be another instance of the Sharks going up against a team that has a lot more to play for uh, relatively than they do. Now, I don't say that to be inflammatory. It's just the fact that Calgary is at fourth in the wild card race. They have 79 points. They have not lived up to the high, high hopes that everyone had for them all year long. And, you know, if they want to battle with Nashville and Winnipeg and Seattle for those final two wild card spots, then today is a must win for them. And, you know, that's that's not a good situation for the Sharks to be walking into. Now, Vancouver is obviously out of the playoff race, but they came in the other night and they just cut the Sharks down. The Sharks did not have an answer for that intensity. They did not have the ability to hang with that team throughout the duration. Now, I wish that, you know, I could say otherwise and that the Sharks were going to be able to put themselves in a better uh, place throughout that game, but you know, they weren't. And I've talked about this time and time again. This is a hard go for the Sharks right now. They are in their final 10 games of the year. It's been a very disappointing, very frustrating season. Their roster has been whittled down, um, you know, going into the deadline. They got rid of big players to plan for the future, a future that maybe not all of these Sharks that are on the team right now are going to be a part of, but that takes its toll. And right now we are watching exactly what that toll is. And, you know, it's not, it's not fun. You know, I don't think anybody enjoys getting beat up eight to three or seven to two or anything like that. And the the frustrating thing about that game the other night is that the Sharks were in it. You know, they got down two nothing early. That doesn't help, but they made a two one game, and it looked like they could get momentum going their way. But then you give up that late goal in the first period to make it three one, and then it made life that much more difficult. And they only gave up a f- one goal in the second period, which is an improvement over the first. I know we have to keep the bar that we're clearing relatively no low, but that was like, okay, you know, that's a little bit of improvement, but they didn't, they didn't score anymore. And it was like four one's going to be hard to come back from. They make it four two. Okay. I'll, I'll take, 
I'll take it. And then the game just got away from them. And that's something that's going to be harder and harder to do as we get later and later into the year is that the ability to maintain and compete later into these games where you're getting blown out, um, that is, that, that's going to be tough. You know, it's like when you, once you're down 5-2, I understand how the air gets let out of the tire. I understand that you're going to have that much harder of a try, time trying to compete with the opposition, with the scoreline, with all of it. Like, it's just a lot for anyone to handle, whether or not you are a rookie or a 10-year veteran and a superstar. It's it's difficult. Life is difficult in the NHL when you're at the end of a bad year. Now, one of the things that I would like to see the Sharks work on overall in this game, especially in light of the way that they turned the puck over one game ago, is just to take care of the puck. Now, I know that's easier said than done, but my big thing is that, like, if you're at this point of the year and you've shown the ability to improve, then make sure that you show the ability to maintain those improvements. Don't let all you've worked on all year long fall apart. Now, I know that it's a difficult circumstance. You're going to be going up against a good team in Calgary who is fighting to stay in that playoff race. That said, don't make it life any easier on your opposition than you have to. Like That means make the conservative passes. Maybe slow yourself down a bit. I understand that everybody wants to see quick puck movement. Everybody wants to see them take it from one end of the ice to the other in the blink of an eye and make those big passes and snap things through. But like, don't do that to the detriment of your own team. Don't do that if you think that it's not going to be a sure thing. And I know that can slow you down offensively, and you can't lose all aggression, but you have to keep a relative profile of your risk to reward knowing that games can get away from you. Like, I would rather see the Sharks lose 4-2 than 7-2. I would rather see them lose 2-1 than 8-3. And I know that that's wishful thinking, but at the same time, I keep on coming back to this idea that you don't want to be demoralized going into the offseason. There's already enough demoralization that's gone on through the course of this year. You do not want to end the season with blowout after blowout after blowout after blowout. And that's that's tough. That's not an easy thing to get through when you are where the Sharks are right now, 19-38-15, and, and especially when it's been as poor as it's been at home. And I'm sure they probably want to notch another home win for their fans before the year is done. But at the same time, Like, this has not been fun for the Sharks, and right now it's damage control, right? Like, mitigate the the breaches of your levee. Don't let the whole river come roaring through to destroy your town, because I feel like that's what happened against Washington, and that's what happened against Vancouver the other night. Like, you just saw a complete breakdown and the inability to recover, and then they just kind of made it worse by trying to force things and get themselves back into the game. That does not make life any easier, and... You know, we're still looking at a Capo Kakinen who wants to approve and establish himself. He's got another year on this deal with the Sharks. And I am sure that he wants to prove that he is capable of being a number one goalie in the NHL. And I acknowledge that there is not a lot of help with the San Jose Sharks right now for any of their netminders. I don't put all the blame on the netminders. I think there have been some defensive breakdowns in front of them. But for Capo, I'm sure he wants to prove that he can be part of the future with the San Jose Sharks. And, you know, there's been a, an inability for any of these goalies to establish themselves all year long. And there are reasons for that, right? Like, we have not seen Capo or Reimer play incredible hockey that have allowed them to be established number ones, nor has the defense in front of them been particularly phenomenal. But this is something that I'll be paying attention to. Like, what sort of play do you get from Kakinen heading into the offseason? Is he showing you that he wants it? 
Is he showing you that he doesn't want it? And I mean, I know it's a lot to read into on a losing team, but what kind of fight, what kind of battle, what kind of positioning, what kind of footwork? These are all things that I'll be paying attention to as we get you know, into the end of the year. Like I always go back to the idea of who is showing that they are still fighting, who is showing that they wants to be here, who wants to be a solution for the troubles the San Jose Sharks are going through. And again, I know that is a tough task when you're going through these losing times, but I 100% believe that the guys that show it right now, that the guys that are fighting and trying to put forth their best effort and sh- giving the GM a reason to keep them around, those are the guys that you want to be there when you are taking those next steps. I don't know that they'll be there when you're completely on the other side, but if you're if they're showing that they want to be part of this, then I'm willing to keep them around. All right, let's get into a little bit of the stuff that David Quinn was talking about yesterday when he met with the media. He was asked about how Radim Shimek came out of uh, Thursday night's game, knowing that Shimek has been up and down this year. He's had some upper body injuries and concussion concerns. So obviously everybody wondering about how Radim felt after that first game back. Uh, he felt very good, very good. So that obviously is an important takeaway. You want all these guys to be able to be healthy, go into the offseason healthy, and obviously with Shimmick, um, he's going to want to go into the offseason with a little bit of momentum as well. And, you know, Shimmick is a guy whose effort I love and his game I really appreciate. The injuries have obviously been a concern, um, especially, you know, anything that's concussion-related and with everything we know at this point. Um, yeah, that's something that we're all worried about. That's something that we don't want to see happen. But, you know, hopefully forward Demi is able to uh, get that much more of a momentum going into the offseason and will allow him to be healthy and come back strong next year. Quinn was also asked about the message for these guys heading into the offseason. Like, what does he want to see? What is he telling these guys? Message is really what it's been all year long. I mean, one of the things about our group, we don't have quitters in here. And, you know, we talked about the fact that you get 10 games to go and, you know, you're always being evaluated. And there's really no bigger indictment on a person or criticism of a person when you see people quit. And that's not going to happen here and it can't happen here. I mean, he is right. I will give the Sharks credit all year long. Every time they've had a bad game, they have been able to bounce back. And in a season like this, bad games are going to happen. I am 100% willing to acknowledge that. What you don't want to see is that one bad game snowballs into a stretch of bad games. And to the Sharks' credit this year, you know, if you compare 30 years ago with the 92-93 Sharks, they had some long, long losing streaks and winless streaks, and there were ties involved back then. And you know, that was a different situation, right? That was, uh, to me, uh, a, a different type of bad. This team is a more frustrating bad as opposed to outright bad like that team 30 years ago. Now, this doesn't excuse anything that we see from the Sharks this year. However, that, you know, we have not watched them completely fall apart and have extended, extended losing streaks. I mean, right now it's not been good. I'm not trying to tell you otherwise. They have one win in their last 10 games, but they've also had three overtime losses in there. And they continue to fight and battle, and they continue to have good performances um, in the mix. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've won all those games, but there have been some very good games where they have put up really good battles against playoff teams. And that's, again, maybe more important than going for wins right now because I just don't think there are a lot of wins left on the schedule. Um, with the lack of games remaining, with the way this season has gone, I am looking for battle, fight, and compete from the team more than I am for two-point performances. Quinn was also asked about the play of Fabian Zetterlund, who has been up and down since he's come to the Sharks, and in my opinion has had moments, but at other times 
has looked like he has been struggling to fit in with what the Sharks are trying to do, and that's to be expected whenever there's a trade, especially to a team that is not humming along at a high level as the Sharks are not. This is what Quinn had to offer. Yeah, I thought he had an uptick in his play, and then like everybody, I thought there was uh, not a lot there from everybody last night. So, you know, um, you know, I think he is still finding his way. I was actually texting with Timo. Yes, Timo texted me yesterday. We were going back and forth. He was talking about difficult the transition was to get traded. So it happens to everybody. I found that interesting personally, the idea that Timo and David Quinn are still talking because, you know, that shows you that there is a bond and a rapport build between, um, you know, coaches and players. And when they're still talking, even if they're no longer working together, that bodes well for the future of the San Jose Sharks. And, you know, it's, it's hard. I've been trying to block out Timo Meyer from my radar a little bit just because, you know, it sucks losing a good player. That's the that's the only way I've looked at it. I understand where the Sharks are in their timeline, and I understand what they're trying to do for the future. But right now, you know, Timo is in a different situation, and he's fighting for the playoffs. But if he still wants to, you know, have that rapport and that relationship with a former coach, you know, I, I look at that as a positive thing. Like, you don't get that everywhere and for the San Jose Sharks and what they've been through this year and, you know, the fact that Timo Meyer uh, was one of the few bright points, you know, if he's still having that communication with this former head coach, if he's still talking to guys on the team, I, you know, I only view that as a good thing, right? Like, I, I definitely appreciate where the San Jose Sharks have been. I understand where they are going, um, but, you know, it's, it's tough. And for Timo to still have that relationship, I think that, again, is a very good sign for the relationships that your head coach and David Quinn is fostering with his with his current guys and guys that are even no longer here. Another question that came up was Eric Carlson being paired with Vlasic and what head coach David Quinn thought about that. They were okay. They were okay. Not not a lot to love about the night in general, but you know, I guess they were the best of the worst. Uh, David Quinn's sense of humor, man, is cracking me up as we get later into the year. And, I mean, that's the thing if – if I had one big disappointment this year, it's that David Quinn, as entertaining and as relatively um, enjoyable a character as he is, I feel like so much of that has been blunted and or muted by the losses because I feel like he's had some good one-liners. I feel like he often comes out, he's got a little bit of the twinkle in his eye. He likes to kind of mess about with the media. Like, I definitely appreciate where he comes from. And I do hope that that is something that we hear more and more of next year, just a little bit more of the wins to bolster his personality as opposed to the tough times that he's going through right now where I'm sure he views he's got to be a little bit more subdued and he can't, you know, he does, no no fan wants to see him come out and be happy after losses after 7-2. And this was, you know, yesterday on Friday when he spoke with the media. So he had probably digested the loss and hopefully uh, had a good meal and a uh, glass of wine in him the uh, night after the game and was able to uh, chill out a little bit and uh, forget about it before he talked with us uh, on Friday. But yeah, man, like I just, his humor cracks me up at times. He was also asked if there was any update on the William Eklund injury standpoint. Um, this is what he offered. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet. So I'm sure I will once there is a confirmation on where he's at from an injury standpoint. And then he was asked about the relative frustrations with the player of Eklund's caliber and youth going down to injury. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, we really liked what he did while he was up here and when he got sent down. I know he was very disappointed, and I didn't want to see him go down either. He was one of our better forwards, but as we touched on when he did go down, there was a reason for it and a good reason for it, and it's frustrating that he got hurt. 
And we'll see, obviously, if this is something that is major and or minor. I think that if it was major, we would have heard something by now. And it seems to me that it's more of a day-to-day thing. And I will maintain that that is my hope of where it maintains for the San Jose Sharks and William Eklund. Because, you know, he's part of the future. You don't want to see him go down to injury. But, you know, for anyone saying, like, oh, you know, you sent him down and he got injured. And the argument was, oh, he could get injured up here. You know, and like, yeah, that's part of hockey. Guys get beat up, banged up, and it's never an easy life. Like, that's just... That's just the risk of playing hockey. Anytime you enter a game, anytime you're out there on the ice, there are going to be inherent difficulties and risks to play in the game, and you just might get hurt. And you can't play with the fear of injury. So, you know, it's just, it's part of the game. It's what happens. And again, from my interpretation of it, it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. But obviously, we've got to wait and see where this goes. But again, for Calgary, you know, they're 5 3 and 2 in their last 10. They are, you know, looking to still stay alive. In that playoff race, they have been a disappointing team all year long. In terms of their home record, not that great, 16-15-4. And And I know that, you know, they are still a potent team, and there were some struggles earlier, and they've been better as of late. But, you know, this is going to be another tough game for the Sharks. And I think the important thing that, again, I am looking for is just, do they respond from the last game? And I think that's that's the most important thing, is like, we know – There are going to be tough losses from here to the end of the year. We know that there are going to be difficult moments. That's to be expected. But also the expectation on the other end of that is, are they bouncing back? Are they fighting? Are they showing you what you need to see? That's what I keep on coming back to. And that's what I keep on hoping to see from the Sharks because you can't have these bad losses just snowballing, taking you into an extended stretch of poor play. You want to have bad losses? Be my guest. I cannot stop that from happening. But... Are they still capable of putting forth a response game? Like, that's what I need to see. That's what I need to have happen and figure out if they do have the ability to really, you know, still have that drive and that fortitude and that overall pride in representing the San Jose Sharks. Because that's what David Quinn's looking for. That's what Mike Greer is looking for. That's what the fans are looking for. And listen, I get it. It's totally easier said than done from my point of view. Like, I understand that I am on the sidelines. I am watching. I am a removed entity and that it's not my job to go out there and give a fight and it's easy for me to say that oh they've got to show this battle like yeah I'm, I understand I'm not the one I'm not the one out there going through these tough times but that doesn't mean that you can't show those tough times that doesn't mean that you can't be the guy that wants to spur your team forward a little bit farther and so you get there you're able to get your team out there and have a good performance you hope that you can get them to take you through to the other side and get through the the rest of the season. Everybody's got to rely on each other. Again, it's a difficult prospect. I'm not saying that it isn't, but everybody needs to know right now that there is a lot riding on these final games in terms of the future of the team, in terms of the future of how they're viewed by the franchise, how the front office is looking at them, the coaching staff, the fan base. That's got to be a big part of the motivation. And I think that we're all waiting to see who responds who comes up with a big game and who wants to be part of the future as opposed to just showing that they want out the door and they want to go somewhere else. Because, again, I'm not saying that I see that from certain guys, but there is going to be an interpretation from fans, from front office, from coaches of who showed the fight when everything was difficult and who didn't. So that's you know that that should be a pretty big motivation. And also I look to the motivation of these guys not wanting to get embarrassed out there. They don't want to get blown out 7-2 any more than you or I want to watch them get blown out 7-2. But we are just about out of time. Be sure to join us 
at 12.30 for live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get ready for the San Jose Sharks to take on the Flames. And then I will be back with you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend. Another tough pass for Kuzmenko, but boy, he does a lot of good things out there. He does. He's got a goal and an assist today. Now it's off his skate. The Sharks steal it. Gregor, lead. Here's Agazino moving down the left, moving and shooting. It's Scar! Andrew Agazzino with 10.05 to play in the third gets the Sharks on the board for the second time tonight. It's 4-2 to two in favor of the Canucks.